I want to begin today with Matthew chapter 26 and verse 20. Reading Matthew chapter 26 and verse 20. And when it was evening, he, that is speaking of Jesus, reclined at the table with the twelve. Seems just like an introductory verse, but, but this week it struck me. And I, and I chuckled to myself because we read the scripture, truly all scripture is God-breathed, but, but some seem just like introductory moments. They just seem like kind of place-holding text. And yet this week the Holy Spirit breathed conviction into my heart through this simple text, this opening scene of the Last Supper. When it was evening, Jesus reclined at the table with the twelve. Most often when we talk about the Last Supper, we focus on three individuals. Of course, Jesus. Then we focus on Judas, who is going to betray Jesus. And then we also focus on Peter, who was predicted to deny Jesus three times before he went to the cross. But have you ever thought about the collective whole of those twelve disciples? Who were they? Mark tells us a little bit about them in Mark chapter 3, the next book over in the Bible. Mark chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. This is, this is that moment when Jesus called them to be his official disciples, his apostles. And the Bible tells us, And he, that's Jesus, went up on the mountain and called to him those whom he desired, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him and he might send them out to preach. And have authority to cast out demons. He appointed the twelve Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Sons of Thunder, Andrew, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, and Simon, the Canaanian, and Judas Iscariot, who would betray him. Twelve persons who we don't know a ton about, but we know were very different. They were a picture of diversity in both strength and weakness. A picture that often appears in the church of both strengths and weaknesses. Or as R.C. Sproul wrote, they represent the church in miniature. Ellen White in Desire of Ages, page 296, also gives us further insight into these men. She wrote, the apostles differed widely in habits and disposition. There were the publican, Levi Matthew, and the fiery zealot, Simon, the uncompromising hater of authority of Rome. There was the generous, impulsive Peter and the mean-spirited Judas. Thomas, true-hearted yet timid and fearful. Philip, slow of heart and inclined to doubt and the ambitious, outspoken sons of Zebedee with their brethren. Think of even just those first two that were mentioned, two that we often don't speak about in context of the Last Supper, Matthew the tax collector and Simon the zealot. Matthew, as a Roman tax collector and a publican, was comfortable enough with Roman rule, with Roman authority, that he was willing to work for them. They padded his pockets well by being a tax collector. And Matthew was willing to play a part in the building up of the Roman Empire. On the other hand, Simon the Zealot, 
being a zealot meant that he was part of a revolutionary faction that sought to overthrow the government of Rome by any means necessary. Sought to overthrow the government of Rome by any means necessary. One man who was willing to work to build up Roman authority and another man who would do anything necessary to tear down Roman authority and both part of the same team. These two alone, not thinking of all the others, would have political and philosophical positions at least coming in to the group dramatically opposed to one another. Yet Jesus brought these two men from completely opposite ends of the political spectrum together on the same team. All these disciples, as we see in that Desire of Ages statement, were different. Some were loud and boisterous and some were timid. Some were bold and some were fearful. Some were fishermen and others executives and tax collectors. Yet at the Last Supper, we read there in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 20, at the Last Supper, they all sat there united. Minus one, of course, Judas. How can such a thing happen? If you imagine just for a moment that picture, what that might look like in our modern time. Jesus surrounded by 12 people that prior to Jesus were completely different than him. How can such a thing happen? And the answer really is the, is the man that the whole focus is on, Jesus. A title we don't use to speak of Jesus often, but, but one that I found very beautiful that Ellen White refers to Jesus as, Christ is the great center. He is the great center. In this area where we live, we are surrounded by pol politics and, and we have many of our members at work in the political world. And we talk about partisanship and we're always so excited when there's some person that seems like a centrist able to bring people together. Well, Jesus actually was the great center if you think about those people that were around that table. Ligonier Ministries, on their website, they wrote this, nothing but the effective call of the Messiah and common faith in the Savior could bring such people together. We have evidence that this type of group would not work in most settings, and yet there, at the table, they all sat. Why is this? Because Jesus alone can unite. And so today, as we virtually sit together at the table of Jesus, you in your homes and, and me here, but we are, we are ungathered and yet we are still gathered for this communion service together as one family. We sit together at the table of Jesus as, as Republicans and Democrats and Independents, as, as upper class and middle class and, and lower class, as many academic degrees and zero academic degrees, as, as blue collar and white collar, as, as a multitude of of differing skin tones as male and female, young and old, married and single. That is our collective table here. And Jesus is the great sinner. 
And so today as we participate in taking of the bread and the juice, will you pray with me that Jesus will do for us what he did for his disciples, that he will make our diversity secondary and our unity in Christ Jesus primary, that he will take our, our different philosophical and political spectrums and make those secondary and our unity in Christ Jesus primary. As we eat the bread, and as we drink of the juice, will you join me in praying that a picture that exists in Matthew 26, 20 of 12 very different people centered around Jesus and united around Jesus will be the picture of our church as well. Lord Jesus, we are about to take and eat the bread that represents your body and drink the juice that represents your blood. And we pray that you bless both these emblems, that, that they will serve as a reminder of our commonality, our unity in you, Jesus. As we reflect on the deep love you have for us, a love so deep that you would come down to die for each of us, no matter how different we are from one another. Your death was no different for any of us. It was equal for all of us. May your love lead our di diverse community to be united in love for you, Jesus, and for one another. I pray all this in the name of the great center, the one who makes unity out of diversity, the one who, who draws all men unto him. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.